0: everyone uh welcome to we know everything i'm charlotte and i'm gabby and we know everything <laughs> yeah um so this podcast
1: is um all about uh lifelong learning and we're going to showcase how well we know a topic that we're supposed to know um a fair amount about and so the first half is us just talking about a topic just as we know it from the top of our heads and the second half is going back and heavily correcting Everything that we've gotten wrong.
0: Sometimes not heavily correcting, to be honest. Sometimes just saying that you're kind of complimenting ourselves. Yeah. 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 Even applauding what we said in the first half that happened last time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, speaking of last, the last podcast um, was a little bit heavy because we kind of um, took the beauty industry
0: um, we by the them. eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, we, we looked challenge- the devil in the eye. But this week, it's something a lot more summary uh we're do- <laughs> kind of not really <laughs> we're doing oceans which i don't see how you think that that is a less depressing topic because there are obviously going to be depressing bits about the ocean but my like all right Gaby, explain to me what the ocean is this is a big body of water yep. that surrounds our earth the salty water is it surround our earth yeah or is it like on top of it
1: well, it's on on top of it. See? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there's a Idiot. layer of... Okay.
1: Alright, okay. Was, so,
0: if we take away the oceans, what does the Earth look like? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I guess it wouldn't be as smooth in terms of what? the topography of the Earth. It's not that smooth anyway. <laughs> no, it's not. I guess it's the atmosphere that's more round than the actual surface of the Earth got off go from the wrong foot
0: here <laughs> yeah, you, okay so actually i so was water... dismissive of the ocean oh. no, big body of water but nothing it was more to just like what about
1: the? i wasn't dismissive of the ocean i just think it was ocean topic. If you're saying. and we've said in the past that uh we should do more specific <laughs> topics so we don't have so much to
0: research <laughs> and then sean was like we'll do the ocean <laughs> <laughs> because frankly i think all we're going to be researching is how do tides work what does the moon have to do with anything what's at the bottom of the ocean Okay, so you're talking more about the water, not like.
1: It's okay, okay, all right, more right. This
0: part, I want to canvas what we have, and then we can research what we didn't know. But like having dialogue right now, <laughs> it's an on-screen discussion about. I mean, on on mic, yeah, on mic discussion. Like, so for example, what does the Earth look like without the ocean? Isn't going to be something we'll be researching, <laughs> but you know, people you just don't think about it because it's just there. You don't really think. I think what about it, it all is. the time. Like, uh, did you know that everything was once the ocean? Yes. (laughs) I've watched that same planetarium show millions of times. That our listeners may not have
1: known (laughs) that. It's not about what they don't know. It's about what we don't know. Well, I'm just saying we don't care about our (laughs) listeners. (laughs) We are looking for sponsorship (laughs) at some point
0: (laughs) when we become more polished. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. Um, Like, let's... Okay. So, let's just canvas what we know. So... So the ocean is the water that was there before the Earth. Where did the Earth come from?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so for millions of years before when the Earth was first created, you know, after it was created in the protoplanetary disk around the sun and the Earth was born and was this multi-hot volcanic kind of thing. So it was molten. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was a slightly more <laughs> with in a liquid stage. Okay, it's a liquid. <laughs> than anyway? it was now. It was more volcanic, lots of CO two, and it basically rained for millions of years after that, and it was mostly ocean. And then but that it was, got boring, and then slowly but sh- I used to know this. But
0: it was ocean. Was the ocean resting on top of like the, the Earth's, earth's mantle. mantle? Yeah, we would have always what? had some sort of core. I know, it it was there like, and solid rock, like what we're standing oh no, on right now? I think it would have been more, like, liquid. Did, okay, so that developed
1: out of the ocean, the rocks. where the rocks come from? Like lava. And cool. then the Earth's mantle oh, took man. a long time to cool. Kind of like a bird cooling from inside out. Man, what? I feel like I definitely used to know this. Maybe this is too complicated. Millions of years. It rained for millions of years, and then voila, suddenly... Yeah. The rain kind of subsided a little bit, and it didn't rain as often. And uh, some bits evaporated, and there was some land. And then so the land, land slowly, from. slowly, it was just the very the peaks of the landmass. So we think of the Earth as like a lot of topography, I mean the continents are just the highest parts of that.
0: Yeah, but what I was saying is, so the Earth was just liquid.
1: It wasn't just liquid. It wasn't just this ball of liquid. Right.
0: <laughs> Yeah, So there was always land underneath the ocean. It could
1: have been molten land, like right, born from the volcanoes. Okay.
0: This and is the first the half ocean for anyone who's first. And the anyone who's
1: just logging in, not logging in, tuning in now. <laughs> oh, this yeah. is definitely the first half. But,
0: if, but as the ocean evaporated, then that land got exposed and probably like hardened? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, um, so then the oceans evaporated. And. Not completely. <laughs> <laughs> um, Charlotte.
1: Yes. Explain tides to the world. All right. Now, I would like to point out that I've explained tides to Charlotte before. Have you? Yeah, I definitely have. I don't think you have. You never listen.
0: <sighs> okay. Um, tides are. Uh, oh, it's gravity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's the moon's pull of gravitational pull. <laughs> <laughs> talking about the moon, makes me been nervous and I can't speak English. Um, and th- somehow that means the sea gets pulled back and then it gets loose, relaxed and it falls forward. And then the gravity pulls it back again. Hmm?
1: What? Yeah. So it's actually not just the moon affects the tide. It's the moon and the sun and the earth. Like all three of those things affect how the tides work. It's just that the moon has a much stronger influence than the sun does on the tides of the earth. And so basically, the moon and the earth have a gravitational relationship between them. And the parts of the earth that are closest to the moon are going to be attracted towards it because there's a slight gravitational pull of the moon towards that. And so, so you know, why?
0: When? So, you know, Hyde, so what? At what stage is it high tide and what stage is it low tide? And what kind of cycle is that on? So that's interesting. So um,
1: it could be many things because it also depends on the sun and the moon. So it's not. Necess- it could be day by day, but it could also be seasonal. Like you have things like spring tides when the sun and the moon are all aligned towards the earth. Um, so, But high tide happens basically when, if you think about, now this is going to be a very visual thing for Charlotte, and I'm going to try my best to do a more audio version for our millions of followers who are depleting by the number right now. But we have our Earth, and um, on top of the Earth is the moon. So you can imagine, um, because the water, it, the, the oceans, is just a large amount of water with very small individual particles more likely to rise, so it rises towards the moon. And so you have that rise towards the moon, but on the other side of the Earth, you also have high tide on the opposite side of where the moon is, because the earth the <laughs> the Earth is also being more attracted to the moon, displacing itself from the water on the other side. This would be so much easier if it was a more visual kind of thing
0: i'm I am a little confused. I did a bad job of explaining that. I may youtube it so so tides are. The responses of the water to gra- to the gravity of the moon, the earth, and the sun.
1: Yeah. It's just basically, think about the, the water is just being drawn by the gravitational pull of the moon. Yeah. And sometimes the earth is also drawn closer to it. So if you think about all that water on the other side of the earth, it's almost like if you have like a pool and then you have a ball inside of the pool and you lift the, the ball slightly up, the water is not going to also raise up with it. Like, so no. if you think about the the water on the other side of the earth is like lying still in the pool and you're raising the earth slightly higher uh-huh. towards your hand or whatever, you're raising the ball in the pool. I'm mixing analogies here. There's still going to be, so there's high tides on opposite sides of the earth to where the moon is.
0: <laughs> and then sometimes cool the, and it has a stronger But also
1: the sun also affects So the gravitational pull of the sun Towards the earth affects it So depending on the relationship Between the sun and the moon Depends how intense those tides are If both of them are aligned And they're both pulling on the earth And we have really high tides We call those spring tides
0: But you have tides The tides go in every day
1: Yeah, because that's also affected by the sun
0: so it's And the moon uh, and responding and, to the sun's journey across the sky Yeah, but also we turn around in a circle Yeah Yeah Oh my god. I hate trying to... Well, I hate. I, I love, hate trying to describe this without, like, a picture. <laughs> <laughs> that it is very hard to understand the movement of the earth. Can, like Because they're all... It's, like, trying to hold all those moving parts in your head. And it's really hard to understand. Or, like, hard to visualize to kind of get a feel for it. Like, watch a kid's video. Yeah. I think it's the best way to
1: learn about these things. Because someone's taken the time to make the most simplistic version of it. And,
0: you know, it's all, like animated and nice and mm. it's a really good way to learn but it don't watch kids video listen to our podcast because we're gonna explain this i'll how about i will how about i do it uh explanation on the next half yeah what i can understand a it yeah and you correct me <laughs> <laughs> um all right so what, are, what, are, what are tsunamis uh those ca- caused by earthquakes yeah but what, what happens it's the large wall of water. How is it caused by an earthquake? So
1: there's like a like I feel like there's like an earthquake rumble rumble rumble, and then there's like a little <laughs> bump of water. But as it gets closer and closer to shore, that little bump becomes like a colossal wall of. But how water does the death.
0: earthquake make that happen? Because it's, it's just shaking. So Maybe the is earth, that What it is? It's just the, the, the earth's shaking?
1: crust rises a little bit when as the earthquake is happening, displacing the water a bit. Like so, you think it's
0: like the earth crust rises, so that water kind of slides and forms a huge wave? Yeah. Maybe. So it's just like a massive wave. I don't quite know. A tsunami I know, is just a massive wave. I know what a tsunami is, but I don't... like. I don't think you do. I <laughs> <laughs> don't want you to keep telling me it's a massive wave, because everyone knows what a tsunami is, but I don't actually quite How get its relationship. <laughs> yeah. What's its relationship with an earthquake? Is it complicated? Are they committed? Like, yeah, what actually happens? Because I used to think that it had to be an earthquake in the ocean caused a tsunami, but that's not true. You know, earthquakes on land caused tsunamis. Yeah. So it's clearly something to do with the rumble rumble. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know c- quite what happens. And hey, what about tidal waves? Like huge tidal waves that aren't tsunamis, but just massive waves. I think tidal waves are, un- they're not related to tides at all. They oh. just have the word of tidal Confusing waves. Name. I think those are also caused by earthquakes.
1: Oh, they're always caused by earthquakes. I think so. I think t- are tidal waves and
0: tsunamis are the same thing. Mm. First question to Google because it's an easy Or moment. maybe a tsunami <laughs> is a very, very intense tidal wave. Yeah, I have such a huge fear, and this podcast generally has me spiralling into my dreams, but I have such a huge fear of big waves. Like, even talking about it right now, I'm so frightened. I just thought of, like, an ocean mystery. What? It will probably never solve. Why is the ocean salty? Mmm. I don't know. Why is it salty? Yeah. And so how, so oceans, all rivers and lakes feed into oceans.
1: I think lakes are standalone bodies of water.
0: Oh, okay. So all rivers run to the ocean. And that's fresh water because it's water that's come down from rain.
1: Yeah, from, like, mountains.
0: And then it goes into the ocean and becomes salty. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, why is the ocean salty? And can rivers ever dilute? Like, do they dilute? No, probably not.
1: Some rivers are salty. Mm. Hmm. rivers? Maybe it's just that. Do
0: rivers... rivers all run in
1: one direction? They haven't got tides. or do they have tides? So I'm thinking maybe... Maybe the water is slowly um eroding rocks and uh-huh. stuff around it and leaving kind of a salty kind of deposit and then when it In the evaporates, ocean. yeah, then the water evaporates, and the salt remains, and that could be why, but then the salt then the water comes back
0: down <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought what you were saying was the river is running along and it's picking up salt as it goes because it's eroding rocks, which I'm presuming if you're eroded rock, you get salt. And when they flush themselves out into the, into the ocean, they dump all their salt in there too. <laughs> I think that sounds right. <laughs> I I'd be really happy s- to sign that off. I'd be having a little premonition when I feel like that's going to be a very stupid <laughs> a stupid theory. <laughs> and that I'll feel embarrassed when I Google it. It has to be that though. Does it? Like, Couldn't it not actually, just... I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> why... If it was raining for those... M- no, because it was raining for those millions of years and that forms an ocean on Earth, why was that ocean salty? Or was it? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <Who> was there. <laughs> <You laughs> no know one knows. Yeah. <laughs> was the ocean always salty? Hmm. See, I told you the ocean was a good one. It um, is. It is fascinating. All right, here are my other ocean. All right, Gabby. Has anyone touched the bottom of the ocean in the deep places? <laughs> Obviously, people have touched. Yeah,
1: I saw that that David Attenborough documentary where they went to the midnight zone and all those little sea creatures, creatures all <laughs> and like creatures. devoured
0: that whale carcass and did a really sustainable job of devouring the whole thing. But there's places in the ocean that we haven't even got close to the bottom, right? Like, I've got the impression that there are bits of the ocean that we are, like, not even close to getting all the way down. We've got no idea how deep they go. Because there's too much pressure down there. Yeah, exactly. Or it gets too hot. Like, where the black smokers oh, and stuff. it gets too hot. Yeah. Because, oh, from Because we're closer to the Earth's crust. <gasps> what? So, but do you, is that what you, your impression as well? That there's parts of the ocean that we have no idea how deep they are and that we haven't gone. I guess we've... I never thought about it. I have heard. Cause Why don't you just drop rocks? I have heard, heard that, that depths the, deeps,
1: the depths of our ocean are as mysterious as, like, space. space.
0: Yeah. I have heard about that before. And, like, space is pretty mysterious, so I'm really yeah. imagining that we've got no clue. But there's
1: less stuff in the way in space. But it's we... mostly empty, but with the ocean, it's just, like, filled with stuff. There's just so many creatures I thought and so many things.
0: Stupid. Oh, yeah, go for it. So we must know that it's... Can we kind of figure out how deep it is by figuring out where the mantle is? Like, it can't be deeper than the mantle. Right? Yeah. So we kind of know how deep it goes. Like it's not like we're like we have no idea how deep that thing goes. Like, it, is it a mystery how deep it is? I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> is that because you don't know? It? Or is this mankind? Um, I yeah, that's what I was telling you. I had the I had the impression that there were some bits that we didn't know how deep they were.
1: Huh. Or well, maybe those particular bits, maybe they could be like, it could be, potentially it can be no deeper, <laughs> it can be no deeper than the crust of the earth. Yeah, it can't <laughs> yeah. be deeper than the core of the earth. <laughs> Otherwise we'll see it. Oh no, wait.
0: <laughs> what? Maybe something goes right through the core of the earth. Has anyone seen the core of the earth?
1: Oh, man, I feel like this is another like good like little moment because I've done like Geology papers on this stuff, yeah, and I've done like things like this when we worked at the observatory. I just, like can't remember what the what any of this is. I don't know who
0: I am. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not sure if we know where the deepest like we're not how deep the deepest parts are, and we certainly haven't explored them. I can't tell you right now, or the top have of my we, head like have we sent like little bots down to the deepest parts, or like have they they still got a limit on how deep they can go, because how intense yeah, is the I'm pressure? sure James
1: Cameron did. He what? was really into that, <laughs> James Cameron. He was so into exploring the deep parts of the ocean. Oh, really? He got all excited by the technology Ti- used in Titanic, and then he used like made documentary and stuff around this. That's pretty cool. I but how you, did he ask? Get? I don't know. Oh, Probably well, yeah, just maybe a Titanic. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> you did <it's> like bingo. <laughs> 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 what I wanted to say,
1: Yeah, it must be a huge funding issue to get that deep yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, we
0: use it like so I feel in But my, also, like how like I got the impression that the pressure is just like it would crush. Anything. Yeah, definitely pop your ears. Uh, def- <laughs> yeah, I mean that's uh, I mean crush like a human into like a sandwich. I wasn't thinking about popping the ears. I was thinking much more intense. Yeah. So like have we made anything that can withstand that pressure? Like a sandwich human? It's like a <laughs> human that's already a sandwich? Or, yeah, or just a sandwich?
1: Yeah. Well, I guess we've gone really deep because we understand more about black smokers, which is where we believe life began. And the black smokers the must be coming out of the
0: mantle, so that's got to be like that's got to be kind that's good, close. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be close. close. <laughs> yeah, it gets pretty
1: hot in there. That no, is this is definitely stuff we can definitely research. Like, is also, like the ocean hot. Apparently, there's also underground rivers, like underwater rivers. Like, it's just something under, that's got... Oh, under the water. Yeah, it's like, like something that is, like, more dense than water. That kind of looks like its own little, like, river in water. Either this is true or I'm thinking of Spongebob Squarepants. It's <laughs> one of the two. But I'm pretty
0: sure there is. There's just kind of things... Here's what I really want to talk about. So there could be animals down there that we don't know about. Potentially. Why can you say animals? Because I don't know what the word animals makes me think of, like, a furry little creature. <laughs> But, I mean, what I'm getting at is I'm pretty sure I am reading something as a kid about this potential massive shark that was, like, from the, you know... The Megalodon? May... Not Megalodon. Maybe... A... No, that's a dinosaur. <laughs> it's a Megalodon. It. Yeah, it's a dinosaur. Is a massive shark. I thought it was a dinosaur. We'll have the fight later. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I think we're both right. It's a dinosaur shark.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyway, like, like I thought it was, like, a potentially... They don't, like, they don't know. There could be something, a remnant from, you know, millennia ago still down there that we haven't seen. And it's also like when you, we've watched those David Attenborough shows where they show you kind of as deep as they've gone and the sea creatures are alien. They're just so unbelievably foreign. You couldn't have dreamed up something that strange. And it's like if they're, the one thing about these shows is they keep being like, life can't exist here. And it's always, life does exist here. Like even on those boilers, there's life still grows there. So it's like, what would, if is there life down there? And what would it look like? You know, life on our planet, that's pretty much an alien to us. Yeah. So forget about space. Get down in the ocean. I think there
1: is. I think we discover new species all the time, like Mm. new species of bugs and stuff at the bottom of the ocean. Like there's there's some crazy stuff there. there. And and there's super dark, like sentient life. like. Are you saying that blobfish or bioluminescent little worms are not sentient? (laughs) (laughs)
0: I hope love fish for their own sake aren't sentient. I know there's I a want type them to of fish at the
1: very bottom of the ocean that have developed flippers that also act as little feet mm.
0: yeah and that's as far as I'd factor no, <laughs> 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 that was about as interesting as a mm, and no more comment <laughs> yeah well life at the
1: bottom of the ocean is definitely really fascinating because there's some ugly stuff down there. it's dark so you can't see anything so no one needs
0: to look pretty <laughs> yeah no. <laughs> no one worries about that so what I wish we loved in. um so okay so The depths of the ocean, I guess we can brush up our knowledge on those currents. I know it's called the midnight zone.
1: As you get, like, higher up, it becomes, like, twilight, and I think it's just, like, a massive clock. Uh Until you get to midday, which is, like, the surface. That last bit could be a massive lie. But I know the bottom (laughs) of the ocean is called the midnight zone.
0: Oh, Okay. Um, currents.
1: Well, I feel like currents are very important. So I feel like more people would put money in studying currents because it affects like our fisheries and like all our primary and industries. That's because, and because so stuff.
0: currents are like, what are currents? It's how the water moves. So it's a strong movement in a direction. Yeah. And what fish ride it, or am I just finding memo in my? no i think it's important
1: because it definitely no i definitely like there's like so much uh research and stuff on the cook Strait here in new zealand and how those currents work because it's like a crazy like area and i think it's really important to the fisheries to understand why so why is that that. i think that's because that's how the the schools of fish move
0: so it is so it's like the animals tube
1: system yeah i don't want to say yes (laughs)
0: <laughs> no one's so used to a statement Potentially as stupid as that yeah. right?
1: There's nothing like feeling like you know something And then being put in a situation where you can't google something And someone's <laughs> asking you And you just like feel like you've
0: never like gone oh, outside okay, in mate. your entire life Think how the first settlers felt
1: I don't think they had googles, they didn't care <laughs> They were used
0: to it <laughs> I Think how I felt when my mom didn't buy us a computer for ages
1: Oh, that's true. That's horrible. Did you have the Britannica's, Encyclopedia Britannica's? We suit? did, actually. Yeah. We did.
0: It's great. Mm. So currents, we think, are like the bus network. Like, it's just things that you hop on and fish travel on them because <laughs> it's strong water and it's pull. And why is it strong? Like, what makes it? I feel like currents would be affected to heat.
1: Like, heat. Like, things moving from... Uh, like just in terms of thermodynamics. I think it'll be currents would be related not only to pressure but changes in temperature.
0: Mm, Yep. When you start talking about thermodynamics I
1: I follow. (laughs) I mean I feel like that (laughs) could have a lot thing to do with it.
0: How do whirlpool (laughs) have a lot thing to do with it? (laughs) (laughs) So we think currents are important because fish catch them and we think this to do with thermodynamics. So yeah,
1: so so far to sum it up um, a tide <laughs> is a ball being lifted in a paddling pool. The bottom of the ocean has a massive shark.
0: <laughs> the sentient. It might go through the center of the yeah. earth. Or and currents
1: know. is just a very uh, sophisticated it's bus system for fish. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the ocean. And that's the ocean. I oh, wonder why it's salty. And it's why it's salty. It's salty because... Um,
0: we think rocks, if you scrape a rock, it gets, it gets salty. Yep. Put that rock in the oh man presto delicious salt water <laughs> another right. thing is that like our divisions
1: of the oceans is like I've heard people speaking like the Antla- Atlantic Ocean is really rough and the Indian Ocean is like very mild blah 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 but I'm pretty sure be spicy <laughs> <laughs> good one <laughs> uh, you just throw me off with that horrible joke no but they're all just the same oh they're well they're all just like one big lump of water aren't they they're all yeah. just like
0: connected yeah, they are just connected. But, but I think still those different regions could have different flavours. <laughs> I
1: guess as you get closer to the poles, it might get colder. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> who know? It's a mystery. Yeah. We'll never find out. Yeah. <laughs> no one's bothered to bring a thermometer with them when they went up.
0: <laughs> or down. <laughs> so that, that's for whales to know and us to find out. Mm. Um, it could be our for the show. <laughs> <laughs> um so we're gonna go do some research maybe even go for a swim
1: also i was like to finish with the like fact that we're surrounded by like we're we're creatures that are so heavily dominant like dependent on fresh water that we're surrounded by the salt water i know it's
0: very frustrating also humans are from the ocean aren't we yeah we evolved from the ocean so we were fish at one time yeah just, that's just not even, we're not going to even trouble to research that. It's just a parting mem- uh, reminder that you were once a fish. So maybe think about that next time you're eating them. Well, not you personally. You know, you realize
1: you weren't born as a fish. <laughs> <laughs> mm, that evolution wasn't just
0: you. Why have I seen photos of myself as a teenager looking like a monkey? <laughs> <laughs> Take um, that, Darwin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, imagine that, someone who does the evolution during their lifetime. And I don't think about it. Don't think about it. All right, we're in the podcast. <laughs> we're ending the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see you guys in about a week after we've done our research. Yeah.
1: And we'll have a much more informed... <laughs> I felt like I knew more about oceans in this. I came into this being like... Gabby <laughs> yeah, was pretty smug when she came in, let the record show. I didn't think I knew everything about the ocean. She no. did. No no, 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 no. She really did. No, I just thought that I would have been
0: able to explain how the grand tides work, Peter. <laughs> It was a visual experience. <laughs> I'm going to do... So I'm going to explain tides when we come back, and we'll see if I do a better job than you. Listeners can email in whose title and description did you prefer... That's unfair. You would have had did time you prefer. to practice. <laughs> you had time to practice. When? Um, whenever you learned about tides. What is a fight of mine? It's yeah. <laughs> another good show no, mantra. Listeners need
1: to know <laughs> the truth about our relationship. It's not yeah. all it seems. Yeah.
0: A <laughs> little oh, laughter and hilarious... <laughs> Um, curry jokes <laughs> <laughs> alright bye <laughs> <laughs> the abrupt end, we'll see
1: you in a week when we're a bit more informed <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll tell you all about oceans,
0: alright, bye, bye. alright, welcome back to part 2 So, we have done a lot of swimming in the ocean, like we said we would. We did a lot of swimming. Mm -hmm. We've gotten very acquainted with um, many aspects of it. The salt, the creatures in it, the frightening seaweed. Charlotte's (laughs) hatred of seaweed and not having
1: an activity to do whilst swimming in the ocean. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, Like, it gets very boring after a while. You need something to do. You need, like, a thing to swim out to, a fish to chase. Otherwise, it's boring. So I really enjoyed going out and researching things about the
1: ocean. Like, I really did. But I was also frustrated because I felt like... Because we worked in that planetarium for so long and we had, we watched the same shows over and over again that went through the origins of the earth and the origins of water and currents and that kind of thing. I didn't do planetarium shows. Sorry. Instead of we, you. But I just watched (laughs) them once and then just never watched them again. Mm. And so I felt like all of this information was like very available to me for a long time and I just didn't pay attention. So it's really nice to have an excuse to go back and like really understand. It's more
0: of a wonderful examination of how how learning works. It doesn't matter if you're surrounded by the information unless you're actively engaging with it. You won't know it I when I you come to a like podcast little, like, about it. I
1: epiphany about this what? because that information was repeated to me in the same way thousands of times when I was watching the thing. And repetition is key in learning but you need variation in that repetition that's why multiple sources are so good because you're repeating the same fact or understanding the same concept but from a different point of view or angle and i think that gives you a much better understanding because someone words things in a different way or there's like a different explanation or maybe something's a bit more pictorial and i think that when you're repeating things in your information a variety of sources is important in getting factual information but also letting you understand it Mm. If that makes sense Definitely, Try I don't think it in a different way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so well origins. Yeah, we went. Th- we just listened back to the highly scientific um, first half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I shouldn't just blindly say yes to everything. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'd just be like, Yeah, <laughs> Whenever I just thought something sounded half right. I'd be like, That's exactly it. Four yeah, marks,
0: I mean, it's not that we're not meant to be knowing at that stage. I don't think it's okay, it's not yeah. it's rude to say no, even though you're not sure. If it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: thought we did an excellent job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we'll begin with the origins of the ocean, yeah, which was like, we weren't like, okay, I think that. When I explained the different steps, I admitted a whole bunch of stuff. I was like, there were volcanoes, and then there was rain. And I didn't, like, kind of go into things um, quite as uh, deeply, if you pardon the pun, as I would have liked to. Um, but pardoned. yeah, It was actually quite fascinating because there was a lot of stuff about the origins of the oceans that I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Like that whole idea of, you know, well, well, after the Earth was formed about 4.5 billion years ago you know our earth was just this molten like oven essentially like mm-hmm. filled with volcanoes and that kind of thing and there was no liquid water but all the ingredients for liquid water existed within our mantle right. and uh, we still actually have a lot of hydrogen and oxygen within our mantle now like yeah. several oceans worth of hydrogen and oxygen really? just kind of trapped in there. Yeah it's quite fascinating. Wow. I wonder if we could ever harness that. Anyway so when the volcanoes were formed a byproduct of the exp- explosion of the volcanoes in our very early very young earth was steam Mm -hmm. and so a lot of steam went up in the atmosphere and that's what caused the clouds and that's what caused it to rain and i said rain for Mm -hmm. millions of years but it was more like thousands of years and so yeah it rained for thousands of years and um that rain became our oceans but interestingly enough that is only accounts for about half of the water that exists um within our oceans the other half actually comes from outer space which I found fascinating because yeah, I had cool. no idea. Yeah, a lot of it came from comets and asteroids. Carrying uh, water or carrying the ingredients of water? Carrying water. So um, comets carry water in ice
0: form. Um, so... So does that mean that other comets could crash into other planets and that could be a way to, for planets to get water as well? No, I didn't actually think about that. But, yeah. So why well, we I just... think that
1: we're in the Goldilocks zone. So, I mean, whether or not other planets or moons have water, it's because of our position to the sun, it means that we have liquid water, yeah. which is the key to life. Okay. Um, but, yeah, no. So, we, hmm. so I think there was a lot of thought that Jupiter was closer to us for a while, which means that a lot of the asteroids that were in the asteroid belt got – Hurdled towards Earth, and um, that's how we had a lot of asteroids hitting us all the time. And then we had, um, obviously, a lot of comets crashing into us in the early days, so Earth was kind of beaten up, and that's where we got a lot of water from.
0: That is so interesting. I had no idea. and I wouldn't yeah. have thought that either. Um, I think,
1: yeah. So also probably mentioned that comets and asteroids are different things. Um, comets orbit around, have an independent orbit around the um, sun, and I think tend to be smaller than asteroids, and asteroids come from our a meteoroid uh belt sorry block <laughs> the meteoroid but uh, the asteroid belt wow no meteors are something else completely a meteoroid a meteoroid is when it enters the earth's atmosphere and i think a meteorite a meteor is when it doesn't burn up and then a meteorite is when it isn't sorry this one this i didn't i'm going rambling on i'm sorry I'm i was staring at the place with wide eyes but anyway sorry <laughs> um and that's quite interesting Yeah, that's that they that came from there. And the reason we know this, because obviously it's really difficult to determine, is mm. because um, of the composition of the water. So water is um, uh, H2O, mm-hmm. so two hydrogens and an oxygen. But a tiny fraction of the atoms within water um, actually have an extra neutron in the nucleus. And there's different ratios for how many atoms within the um, water actually have this, and comets are very different to the water that naturally occurred on Earth or was originally within our mantle, as opposed to asteroids. And we can tell from the composition of the water where that water came from, wow. which I think is really interesting.
0: So we could be having a drink of water from an alien.
1: Yeah, I saw somewhere there that some in a glass of water there is at least one atom that was created within the very origins of our solar system. Water <laughs> is fascinating, that is crazy. and water has been this because you know um, hydrogen just occurred within. You know the the primordial soup of our solar system, but oxygen was something that occurred within the origins of stars. And there's huge. There's like I think there's a black hole that's a huge. I actually don't have a lot of research behind this, but I know there's like some big black hole that has trillions of oceans worth of water surrounding it. And wow. just And all this what water. a weird,
0: frightening thought.
1: Yeah, and water exists in the very early stages of our the birth of our universe, which means that water has been this uh, commonly occurring theme within the life of mm-hmm. our universe which is really exciting which because you know water leads to aquatic
0: plants which leads to life so that's quite cool. Water is I mean we're not talking about well the ocean is water, but yeah. Water is the most crazy thing. Yeah. It's just I don't know. We take it for granted. Yeah, we do take it for granted. (laughs) Um so is so yes, so the origins of the ocean that is amazing that half of it is from space and half of it is from our own mantle. I
1: have seen different ratios of that. Like some people think that there's more that came from space than there has been that came from our own Earth when it was within its creation and coming from the um, protoplanetary disk that surrounded our sun. But, you know, it's still a large quantity
0: of mm. the water that came from space. Us being hit by astro- uh, comets and comets. It's just asteroids. more of those incredible sort of... More of those incredible events that are part of the coincidence of our Earth's existence.
1: That's all it is. I mean, the fact that a cell wall wrapped itself around the right ingredients for, like, a cell to be formed, it's Mm. all just this massive thing of chance. This is why a lot of people think that there must be
0: a god, though. Yeah. Because they can't believe that that much chance could have happened to have worked out so well. In our favor, yeah. I think that's what the Fermi paradox is, isn't it? Where like, what is that. the
1: what is you know oh, is the the chances? What are the big barriers that we had in order oh, for right. evolution so to so take So if you place. are believing that
0: it's from chance, then like, yeah. how likely is it that another yeah, planet yeah, like us exactly. would exist? Yeah. Um. Man, that is crazy. Cool. Yeah. So that's the origins of the
1: ocean. So now we have all these beautiful oceans. Thank now, you. Now, as promised Comments. in the previous part of the podcast, Charlotte's yep. going to explain tides to us, and she looks.
0: Very excited. <laughs> I am excited. I get very competitive when before I've done anything. So Gabby's, as I listen back to Gabby's explanation, now that I've read about it myself, I'm like, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. It is, I have to say it, it's a very visual thing to learn. <laughs> um, so cause, so it, it, it is, oceans are fluid. Everything else is kind of pinned down. So the gravity is going to affect it a little bit differently. So everything that's liquid is going to have more, because it isn't pinned down, it's going to have, respond more to the gravity of the sun and the moon. Because the moon's closer, it's going to have a much stronger effect gravitationally than the sun. 2.2 times more powerful than the sun on the tides. it's my number fact. So what happens is the moon pulls the liquid towards it. That's causing the high tide. I think people get that. What's confusing is why on the opposite side of the earth, a uh, high tide occurs as well. So that is because... The earth is in the center, it's also getting pulled towards the uh, moon because of the gravitational relationship. So it's kind of like we've got that amount of liquid that's getting pulled towards the moon and that's why it's low tide on either side of where it's getting pulled towards the moon. it's getting thinned out, you know, to or rush towards the moon. Mm. But the moon but the earth in the middle of that kind of watery blob, it's also slightly moving towards the moon. And that leaves I do not have to explain it other than like trying to say it with words the image pretty much you go it's blue circle it gets stretched into an oblong where the moon is above the earth shifts towards it a little bit as well leaving more liquid at the bottom of it yeah that's how you have two high tides at the same time and that's why on either side of that oblong it's going to be low tide because the water is shifting towards the uh, pull of the, the moon pretty much like if we didn't have the high tide on the opposite side of the planet, the high tide towards the moon would be a lot bigger. Mm. Cause we've got yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um Double ooh, size. got I got so nervous doing that. <laughs> it was so much better than my <laughs> paddling pool analogy. We didn't listen, even mention low tide. We I listen back to your paddling pool analogy. I realised what you're trying to say, but I remember at the time I was like, I honestly, honestly have no clue how that is related to tides. Yeah. But now I see what you're trying to say. Yeah. It is hard to explain the opposite tide. Pretty much the earth is shifting towards the moon as well so it's just leaving more water there and the sun is also having an impact pretty much because the sun is rotating around so depending where the sun is it's going to either enhance the moon's gravitational pulse so if it's like um, behind the moon they're going to join forces they're going to pull up that water together the spring tides, that's yeah. going yeah, to create the spring tides and if it's like and then kind of as it shifts around it's going to start to decrease it when it's at a right angle to the moon that's where it's like the most um where it's giving the, that's where it is going to be exerting the most decreasing effect oh. so that's when we have neap tides so that's when we have really really low high tides neap tides neap tides how do you spell that n-e-a-p okay i've never heard of spring tides. tides and neap tides so it's like the other sort of extreme of that and then it's all kind of you know um, varying depending on where the sun is sitting at the moment mm. and that is tidying up with tides that was beautiful. Thank you. All right, you win that. I don't know if I do. <laughs> I'd like to throw in more paddling pools next time, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> I didn't come with anything very clever to describe it. It is quite confusing. Actually, there's a quote from Aristotle which said, "'Studying tides is the tomb of human curiosity.'" I love Aristotle. You were trying to kill me, Gabby,
1: <laughs> when you told me to go study tides. It's like a really, Types. like, no one will ever trace the perfect murder. <laughs> yeah, it is. No one will ever find out.
0: Unless they listen to this. Too much trying to understand tides. Because <laughs> they are, because it's just it's just so many little things shifting at the same time. Like, I haven't even talked about some of the other boring elements we could go into when it comes to understanding the variations. Like, it depends, you know, where you are on the earth. is going to change how high and how low the tides are. Yeah. Oh. And how much water there is and how much of the effect of the other uh, things. I think a good and thing, just thing just to like... understand about oceans. That I, like, obviously understood, but hadn't thought about it. and as I was studying. I was like, that really helps understand things, is that the Earth isn't a round ball; It's, like, an imperfect sphere. So there's, like, deeper bits, like... Yeah.
1: That's what I was trying to say earlier when I said it's not smooth. Yeah, it's like, did, that's a thing. Like when you're like caught on guard, you don't have the right. And I just kept using the word
0: topography because it was like the <laughs> easiest thing that I could fly. But you don't have like a good grasp on like how do I accurately explain when this? When you are stumbling to try to explain something, what will happen is you will find one word like topography, <laughs> or like actually, sure can find it's every explanation of a person who's like nervous and doing it on the fly. They'll keep repeating one word over and over again. Something about human speech that likes to do that. Like your brain just fixes (laughs) on one word and keeps saying it and then trying to fit it into a new sentence. I find myself
1: like if someone responds and they're trying to explain what I'm saying to them, they're like, oh, do you mean like this? I'll just jump onto whatever they're saying. I'm like, yes, exactly that. You've got it. 100%. (laughs) High five. Let's go home.
0: You're a good teacher. (laughs) Thank you. I try. Um, So now I'm going to help out the scientific community here. And, ooh, are you adding to. The Sorry, scientific thing. Okay, no, that's okay. I <laughs> need yeah, to reshift and my chair says so slightly need to pee. All right, continue. Speaking of tides. One might think tides, your brain thinks tidal waves. Here is something that every scientist in the world is very angry about. Don't call them tidal waves, because they're not to do with the tides. They are tsunamis, we were right. Oh, okay. Sideways are tsunamis.
1: God look great. I know we <laughs> actually
0: got a lot of the stuff right. Well got a lot of stuff right. I, as usual,
1: <laughs> did not. Uh I think we I think when we re-listen to things, I think we tend to hear the part Do you that we actually hear me get anything right? Because yeah, no, I never do. I do. do. Hmm. I genuinely do.
0: Well, yeah. Everything I read was like um it kind of had like angry sort of I don't know, you could tell there's real irritation from people yeah. who talk, study tsunamis that they get called tidal waves because they're not to do with the tide. And that is my little PSA for scientists everywhere. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was great. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, And then they're caused by earthquakes. So, okay, tsunamis, you were really right. Tsunamis, what what happens is (laughs) the earthquake happens, but it couldn't – also, how I said that it's earthquakes on land, I don't think so. It's the, Pretty much, it's the sea floor rising. Yeah. So the best way to think about tsunamis is that they're just the same as an ordinary wave. And mm-hmm. what's different is the energy that's powering them. So a wave is caused by the energy from the wind pushing it along the surface. Yeah. And a tsunami is a wave that's propelled by the energy of the seafloor. So instead of it just being pushed from the surface, it's energy that's from the bottom of the seafloor to the top. So tsunamis are caused by mainly earthquakes, Mm. but it can be a nuclear explosion, volcanic eruptions, um, submarine landslides. And what happens is when – we'll use an earthquake because that's the most common one – an earthquake happens, there's going to be a vertical uprising of the seabed that's going to push all that water upwards and displace it vertically. Gravity's gonna bring it back down. The power in that is gonna create the tsunami and it's gonna be carrying all that energy and like for I did the 2004 Boxing Day tsunami. Oh yeah. And I'm watching all this footage of it. Oh no, it's I horrible. It's horrible. I've watched it too. Oh, don't do that. Um and like that had the energy, I think it was like one thousand five hundred times that of the bombs dropped in Hiroshima. What? So it's so much like more energy yeah. than anything. The the earthquake itself in that one was like a nine point I think yeah. that's either a nine point or a nine point two. Nine point is not a number. Nine.
1: <laughs> huh? Quite high up as well. Yeah, it, yeah. So
0: it changed. It changed the earth. Like the earth wobbled on its axis and the day was bare, was like shortened by it. That's how powerful that's it crazy. was. I know. So, so the, so the seabed rose like meters then. So hmm. it's meters of like rising seabed with all that water on the top, getting all that energy like coming like... It's just such a gigantic scale, mm. and that's why when a tsunami is moving through deep ocean, it's like only like two two feet tall or something. Like it's not that tall. It just looks like a big wave. Like I've watched footage of people like driving, driving, <laughs> floating, <laughs> yeah. boating over them, and it's just it looks like a big wave mm. because you can't because it's but the difference is it's moving. Like if you were in it, you know when you're a wave goes over you, like the water beneath that wave isn't really moving, yeah. like the wave is. I imagine if you went, got like, in the water when a deep sea tsunami went through, it's still only a, like the height of a normal wave, but it's all that water even to yeah. this like the, the seabed that's moving. Yeah, it's so weird to think. It's so sinister. It is so. It's sinister. It's very sinister. Yeah. But what happens with the tsunami is when it gets into the shallower water, because there's less water for all that energy to be moving through, it all gets compressed into this kind of a uh, a, like a tiny amount of water comparatively. And that's why they suddenly – they move through the open ocean at, like, the speed of a jet. like a jet. They're so fast. But when they hit the shallower water, they go, like, down to, like, 10k an hour. So they slow right down, and they start building up the wave height. All their energy kind of, like, makes the water just rise and rise. and when so they hit, like, 100 a, a feet. So it's – that's why – and that's why they call tsunami means harbor wave, is because it looks like they only appear at the harbor mm. because you can't see them in the deep sea. Um yeah, I have heard that before, that yeah. you would see it as, like, a ripple. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it is the, like a ripple, the and then it hits into the shallow water, and it's just this terrifying, just endlessly building, building tower of water. Oh, so scary. Tsunamis are crazy. <laughs> They're very frightening. Yeah. Um, And the thing about them is, like, you can't really stop a tsunami. So the whole thing is, like, you have to detect them, because there's nothing... Yeah, and there are ways like, to predict it. I
1: remember hearing stories about, like, people on shore who, like, kind of... Learned about ways to well, see how the water draws back. The big back one is the... that it draws back, yeah. yeah.
0: And when I was reading about the Boxing Day tsunami, they are talking about, because it hit like 14 countries, and they're talking about an Aboriginal um, tribe that was, I can't remember what country they were in. They were really worried they were all going to get wiped out, but they actually, comparatively to the other countries, um, very few died because they had like uh, folklore about, Predictions against tsunamis, and they accurately predicted it. I saw what was happening really quickly and knew what to do. So what happens when we depend so much on other people holding information yeah, for us. Yeah, because the fighting we thing we don't, you know, tend to care about those things
1: because we think somebody else is going to warn us.
0: Watching all that footage of people standing on the beach, admiring the tide going out, and being like, "What's happening?" and you just want to like scream and shake the. Computer also it happens screen. when we, okay, we
1: don't have like comparative tsunamis here in New Zealand, no. but when people go out with like chips, like fish and chips, and like beers, and they're like, <laughs> whenever there's a tsunami warning, to go watch it, and they like sit along the coastline and be like, we're going oh, to love To be fair, we haven't had a huge like sinister scary one. It's always just like very over exaggerated. <laughs> but man, we but are playing fire. you can see
0: why people are tense about them. Yeah, because I can see. Like that, that tsunami, and I remember it very well, that 2000, that's one of my earliest memories I think like two thousand two thousand and four 2004 tsunami because it was just, I think it was, it's one of the greatest natural, Disasters yeah. of all time like- yeah.
1: Well actually when we had The first tsunami warning I ever had Was when I moved to New Zealand Yeah I remember like That being terrifying And then yeah. everyone's reaction Being so like blase uh. There's nothing And then when we had <laughs> Recently the Kaikōdo earthquake
0: uh, mm. when we had the
1: tsunami warnings and sirens going. Everyone was quite like, eh, this is fine. <laughs> I remember just being absolutely terrified because of the 2004 yeah. um, tsunami that was quite crazy. Anyways, we should probably move on. Sorry to a No, so no, no. That was so fascinating. So that's a tsunami. All right. So then we also talked about why the earth was the ocean was salty yes. and it isn't like a massive mystery as we just <laughs> decided. I love it when we announced that something's a mystery. <laughs> um, it's uh, salty for a variety of different reasons. I think we were kind of right when we said that um, it was breaking down the minerals and rocks and that kind of thing. Okay. And as the ocean evaporates, those minerals and sediments kind oh, of yeah. like stick and dissolve into the water. And that happens more in oceans than it does in rivers and lakes. So a lot of the minerals get broken down and. Um, the salt gets formed within the oceans. So um. Um, so we were kind of right about the movement of the rivers and that kind of thing into the oceans, um, causing the oceans to be um, quite salty. Mm. And that's why you have um, lakes that have no way to kind of uh, – that, that are kind of standalone lakes that are extremely mm. salty. Like you have the um, the deep sea, which Do is you. very, very salty and everything floats because of the sea salt. The, the, the dead sea? The dead sea. I <laughs> said the deep sea. Sorry, the Dead. sea. Yeah. I'm sure it is deep. So – um, the salt comes from different things. It comes from rain. Um, there is a bit of a reaction um, with carbon in the atmosphere with the droplets of rain that cause some sort of carbonic acid. Mm. So the rain that falls into the ocean is slightly acidic, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of minerals and things within rocks that react, and um, this creates salt and the saltiness. And the other thing is that there's a lot of salts, or the main ingredients for salt um, that uh, exists um especially within the mid-oceans, within the ridges of magma. And um, as the ocean crust rises and gets pushed up through fissures called hydrothermic vents, all these minerals kind of get released through these vents and that's
0: how we get quite a lot of salt
1: coming into our oceans as so well.
0: So more just materials coming up from the magma. Yeah,
1: from the mantle as well as salt being created because the mm. rainwater is slightly acidic as well as the slow breaking down of minerals within rocks as water moves and gets evaporated and the salt deposits get left behind.
0: You know, what i've always wanted to see is the kind of the plains where they make salt because what is it like somehow they just they it's that they evaporate ocean water right and they get left with just these massive i think they usually go to places that have higher
1: density of salt i don't think they just choose there are places that have salt plains as well where there just is just a lot of salt yeah in yeah the but that's what i mean like, I want to see those that kind of thing.
0: oh yeah yeah what about that himalayan salt where does that come from the Himalayas. <laughs> the ocean there. I'm <laughs> confused. The name. I feel like it might be a marketing scam. Yeah.
1: And then there was, an. we talked a bit about um, underwater rivers, which uh, I said I wasn't sure if it was real or something yeah. or like thing in SpongeBob. But they are, they're called brine pools where you basically have these pools of water, which are like at times four times more salty mm-hmm. than all the surrounding water around it and sometimes it gets created um, between layers of kind of rock and minerals and the water kind of pools within it and then kind of leaks out into the ocean and then you get this like very salty water that kind of settles on the bottom because it has a different um, composition far denser to Mm. create oceans or pools within rivers and it's quite fascinating because there's life that's Mm. evolved especially to exist within those kind of and things. The There's muscles and that kind of thing that have a symbiotic relationship with the water. I
0: wonder if they taste like they've because been salted. salted.
1: Probably do. <sighs> but apparently it's one, of the, it's one of the ocean's biggest mysteries because we don't know a lot about brine pools. We don't know why they're all so different and we don't know about why some of them have life and some of them don't.
0: Yeah. I feel like a fact that nicely encapsulates the mystery of oceans is 5% percent's been explored. So 95% yeah. of the ocean is unexplored. Yeah is that fact
1: about how we have a better idea of the Floors or the topography of the planets than we do our own oceans. Oh, really? Yeah, because we we have a way of mapping out our sea floor, which is really (laughs) terrible. I don't really understand. It's not really terrible, sorry. Yeah, if you're working on it, terrible. It's it's something like comparatively, so our resolutions of the picture of the floors of Mars is something like within hundreds of meters of accuracy. And within our own sea floor, it's something like five kilometers of accuracy. And we've only really mapped out. Accurately, about ten percent of our sea floors. So we know so little mm. about the 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 oceans. Essentially,
0: you know, it's probably going to be a more satisfying like place to explore as the ocean as well, because we know we're going to find life in there. Yeah, Mars, we might not.
1: Yeah, and it's also <sighs> give you up. Know,
0: yeah, get that Mars rubber back home and put them in the ocean. Exactly. <laughs>
1: um, in terms of the depths of the ocean, I saw that, that Challenger, that we talked about the um, David Attenborough documentary where they went into the, the Challenger Deep Ocean. Oh, is that where they actually went the Challenger? Yeah, deep? and that was quite deep. That was about 11 kilometres deep. That's the
0: deepest known place on Earth. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there was 11 kilometres, um, which uh, I think – the average is something like three point four kilometers, which actually isn't as deep as I thought it would be. Yeah. The average av- depth. I've got some average numbers to throw at you as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Minus some numbers because it I just said right. mine off the top of my head.
0: So I got four hundred four thousand two hundred and sixty seven and I've helpfully put no measurement beside that number. <laughs> and that's the average depth of the ocean. I think it's yeah. feet. It's feet. Four thousand yeah. two hundred and sixty
1: seven feet. Yeah, and obviously that average can be more accurate once we've properly mapped out our sea floors as well. Well,
0: that's so that's the thing is I think. So the Challenger Deep is in the Mariana Trench. Mm. So that's um a ch- kind of a trench where two plates are meeting. I think one's going under the other. That's generally where these really deep parts of the ocean are is where the plates are hitting each other. Okay. And so the Mariana Trench is incredibly like one of the deepest points of the ocean anyway. Challenger Deep is the deepest point of that. I think it wasn't discovered until fairly recently. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. It's but the yeah, like it's it's highly likely that there's something that there's a place deeper than the Challenger Deep. Mm. And so the what depth do you have for the Challenger Deep? I got eleven kilometers. Eleven kilometers. What did I? What did you get for? So James Cameron did go down the Challenger Deep. What oh, did the, he? He's the deep. That's the deepest a human's ever gone. Was it James? Cam- it wasn't James Cameron himself. It was a it was a um, like a submarine roboty thing. But that's the deepest we've ever got. Is ten thousand eight hundred and ninety eight. Feet.
1: Oh man. You know, Shout some- out to James Cameron. <laughs> it was
0: James Cameron at the Challenger Deep. I can't Deep. believe it.
1: I well know. I can't believe I must have known. I must have mentioned it for a
0: reason. Yeah, yeah. It must have been a
1: nugget of information stored away somewhere far away. In
0: okay. the depths of my brain. Which so deeply weaved- in the oceans. <laughs> <laughs> so James got to 10- 10,898, mm. and the depth of the Challenger Deep is about three is about thirty six thousand two hundred feet. So he got like a third of the way down.
1: We like to swing between the metric and imperial system here. Yeah, clearly the sites I was looking at. I mean, our international audience is vast and huge. And we just (laughs) want to appeal to to all of them. Yeah, yeah. so another thing that we talked about was about sea creatures and about things like the giant shark, the Miglodong, which I think I'm – pronouncing correctly there and it's quite interesting that the sea has produced some of the biggest creatures and it's a huge mystery the biggest creatures yeah yeah, like currently the biggest creature that ever existed um, is (laughs) (laughs) Gabby. (laughs) Here <laughs> it's called Holiday Wayne, <laughs> is the blue whale, and um, yeah, and they're just huge. And you also get this thing called deep sea gigantism, where you just get large varieties of creatures that have really existed, like giant squids, and mm. you know, and there's a lot of mystery as to why the ocean is able. To produce such huge versions of the creatures existed, or just huge mammals, or um, mm. in general. And there's some debate whether or not it's about the changes of temperature, or um, how much oxygen there is, or you know, uh, animals being able to adapt to feed off things like plankton or krill, which um, allows them not to have to be massive predators, but
0: essentially they just feed themselves as they go along. One so quite of interesting. the things I noticed when like, I was looking at the deep-sea creatures is a lot of them are described as living dinosaurs.
1: So mm. it seems like
0: the deep-sea is one of those niches that maybe doesn't change as or like rapidly as yeah. other places. Probably because it's not. I don't know. I don't actually know why that is. But there was like... If you want to have some fun, look up a frilled shark. It's the most horrifying thing you've ever seen. It's a real thing. It's one of those think, yeah, no, living dinosaurs. It. There's a giant spider crab. They can get up to 12 feet. Yeah. 12 feet. That's huge. Yeah, there was that big one in Japan that
1: they found, oh, which yeah. is part of the gigantism thing once again. Yeah, yeah. That, that crab is able to get
0: that big. The deepest living sea creature is a snailfish. And like I saw a little bit of footage of it. Mm. It's in the Mariana Trench. And I can't even describe to you how it looks. That's how alien these things look. I remember watching that episode of Blue Planet and just being like, indescribable. Yeah.
1: I feel like people who have made artwork for sci-fi films have completely just ripped off what already exists already. I feel like
0: they've (laughs) just showed their limited imagination because when you see that stuff, you're like, I haven't even seen images of aliens. That have been like dreamed up by people that are that yeah. crazy. People haven't even gone that far. No one's dared to make something as weird looking as that. <laughs> really, no yeah. one would even think that could possibly be, you know, a believable alien. Or just their
1: like weird kind of evolutionary traits, like how they survive and how they oh, exist within so their own weird. system and how they create their own light and uh, so a whole bunch of
0: other stuff, which it is, is quite cool. truly fascinating and it's something quite humbling about it. Yeah. Realizing the expanse of creatures that live on this planet and makes you like makes you realise how you just get so comfortable with the environment you're used to. Mm. And it's just one environment on this planet. Yeah. One of the things I keep thinking about, is when we, especially when I was researching the, the depth, because it will often say, is it's telling you how deep things can go about the pressure. Yeah. So, like, humans can get to about... Oh, do they become a sandwich? They <laughs> do become... Oh, totally. More <laughs> than, like a squash sandwich, a toasty sandwich. <laughs> so hundred meters or a hundred yeah hundred meters deep diving can kill you. I don't think I think I don't think that's right. Deep impression. It's not written in records. Well <laughs> no, I said can kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't said definitely <laughs> um free diving records two hundred and fourteen. That's crazy. But I'm trying to look at some of my all right at a at a thousand meters the pressure would be the same as standing on Venus. Um so I hope you all know what the pressure on Venus is like. Otherwise, I think you have the bigger analogy... problems if you're standing on Venus than just the nah, pressure. Just the pressure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: pretty hot. <laughs> um, it's 6,000 meters. Um, the pressure would be the same. as a single person carrying 50 jumbo jets. So think about that time you carried one jumbo jet, Gabby. Imagine carrying 50. Actually, now that you're saying this, I think that 100 meters being able to kill you does actually make sense. Yeah. So sorry for roasting you it on that It is fact. crazy. When I was in Bali... Um, I I tried to do some free diving (laughs) (laughs) And I probably got a metre It's (laughs) so painful I can't even forget to tell you It's the worst feeling We had
1: quite a deep pool at our home growing up (laughs) Um, and it was, I think it was like two meters deep. Yeah. And your ears pop at the bottom. Yeah. Like, you must have to wear earplugs and stuff. Yeah. I, as yeah.
0: I've gotten older, now just like 50 centimeters underwater, I start to like, my ears hurt, my nose hurts, and I want to get out of splashing there. splashing your face with water in a sink. Literally, I was in a paddling pool the weekend, and I didn't like put my head under. <laughs> but, so my big thing, as I was reading this, I was like, so how are weird looking snails living down there? If a human would get crushed into a toasted sandwich that's been sat on by a house how so they're probably looking at us and they're like how do they survive up there without all that pressure that's actually true so some of them have evolved they have to live with that pressure and if they got brought up to the surface they'll die because they have evolved with the pressure Mm. and that means they're a complete mystery to us because we can never bring them up alive they can't come up here they literally it's like living on a different planet They can't live in our environment. This is exactly how I feel about people who are able to do amazing things under great amount
1: of pressure. Like, completely alien to me. They must have just had all this pressure their entire lives, so they're used to it. You were saying (laughs) the other day that you were good under pressure. What is this 360? Oh, it depends what kind of pressure. Like it really is like exams, no? That's okay. Because I have a mental block against that. But other things under pressure. The yeah. fish
0: in the bottom of the ocean can do those exams in no sweat. Yeah.
1: And I like pressure like once in a while. I don't think I can do constant pressure. Even though it sounds like if I was a snail,
0: that'd be good because yes. i would not evolved to be used to I'm it. I'm not sure the snail is one of them, but I'm sure it must have been. The yeah, well other's that deep then. The other thing was fish don't have so pressure is the air in your body getting um, decompressed. Yeah. Fish haven't got much air in their bodies; it's mainly water, mm. so that's why they don't get it. Mainly water. Whales can shrink their lungs. Like, there's all these incredible evolutionary tactics to cope with it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think that to move on to the final point, yes. which is currents.
0: Current oh, we gonna do the,
1: we're going to do Current Affairs with yeah, Currents. Yeah. <laughs> this is our new segment for just this episode. <laughs> current <laughs> Affairs. Because Currents is one of the more topical of all the things that we brought up. Mm. And we had to end on the <laughs> climate change note. But <laughs> this is what we like to do in this That's podcast because everything always boils down to climate change. Um, I
0: saw a stuff poll today, by the way, and it was like, are you, this climate, does climate change scare you? And I clicked yes because I wanted to see the results. And it was like 51% yes. So like 40-something said no. And that's I was like, when what is wrong when with When things people, are too
1: big and overwhelming, you're just like... That's oh, the pressure. You're just like, yeah, this is going to happen. And, and you need to decompress your
0: lungs or something.
1: Maybe that's like the people who don't have kids or any intention to have kids. They're just like, it's not going to affect me. so what
0: you kind of do. You're just like, Maybe it's too if big you're like 90... You're about to die tomorrow and you have no one in the world that you love and you have no care for any humans, for any history, for any animals, then maybe you don't have to be fearful of climate change. Everybody else really should be.
1: Yeah. Anyway. I think that we should just get, sorry, to sidetrack this conversation even though we've gone way over time. Yeah. Um, But I just think that we just need a predator – to kill us off. A nickel th- Yeah, no, 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 something from outer space. You know, like just a big predator that's able to wipe us all away. And they're maybe they use God. They use more sustainable products than in their homes.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? If they do, they deserve it. If a race can come that's more, that can live more environmentally than us, you know what? I'd give them the earth. Yeah, it's too beautiful to throw away, and we haven't done enough. Um, anyways, Compares. current events with currents.
1: So currents are, and I think that we just called them bus systems around. And the you know what? I clearly
0: like. love that metaphor. And I still <laughs> love it.
1: Um, currents are actually extremely important in mm. terms of um, being able to distribute the right amount of nutrients, you mm-hmm. know, around oceans and that kind of thing, as well as distribution of heat. Um one of the big problems that we have with our currents at the moment is our currents, um, crucial ocean currents are weakening and slowing down because of the changes um, that we are creating within our world through climate change. And... um, It's the weakest it's been in um, 1600 years and it's uh, basically these currents are the ones that are responsible for warming Europe and they're weakening and a large amount of fresh water that is now being introduced to the ocean from the melting of our um, polar, yeah the ice caps are changing our ocean currents and displacing them and slowing them down which has been uh, quite scary. But what are currents? Um, the currents are vertical movement of water. Yeah. So, um, there's two different types of currents. We have surface currents and deep ocean currents. Yes. And surface currents are affected by things like wind and tides. And then the ocean currents are uh, uh, affected by things like the rotation of the earth mm-hmm. and the pressure of uh, water moving um, and different temperatures as salinity you get closer to the equator. As well. And sorry, salinity. Oh yeah, the how salty yeah how salty the um, ocean is. Mm-hmm. So I think winds, tides, changes in the density, which has also got to do with salinity, uh, salinity and the rotation of the Earth are the uh, main things. And um, yeah, obviously them and being responsible for redistributing the right amount of neutral, nutrients and heats around the Earth because heat um, clings on to water better than it does air. So in terms of warmth, um, mm. our oceans are more responsible. You for know, what? That. I thought
0: it's amazing is some of these, so pretty much like the currents are, they are like a huge bus system, kind of. It's, yeah. just, it's movement of water around the globe. Some of these water transits can take thousands of years. Yeah,
1: I heard that a droplet of water what? would take thousands of years to travel through all the... do you hear the thing about the, 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 the cargo ship that sank in 1992 that yeah. was carrying a whole bunch of toys in it? Yeah. And it had a whole bunch of rubber ducks that oh, remained floating. Yeah, yeah, and the rubber ducks landed up they started studying these rubber ducks and understanding the, the formation of our currents wow. and how they go and how they
0: move. That's pretty cool. Yeah, because we have... Yeah, currents are... We could have done a whole episode on currents. Currents were like, as soon as I started reading the Wikipedia page, I mean, the the um doctor page, I was like, whoa, this is a
1: lot. Well, in the first half, I said the currents were important because for our fisheries and understanding how everything moves. Mm. But it's even more important for the role that
0: it has Oh yeah, the temperatures across our Earth. Exactly. And the movement of... I mean, it's materials being distributed. It's yeah. Kind of how life continues is exactly. pretty much completely hinges on these. Also, uh, travel, like shipping routes, not so important, but just a fun fact. Yeah. I mean,
1: important <laughs> for some.
0: <laughs> yeah, but not as, like, we won't die if we haven't got ships going. We will die if the currents can't distribute materials properly. Yeah. Yeah. So once again, stop putting rubber ducks in the ocean and the I placed it, then I break down. <laughs> Even and though clearly... we learn so much about <laughs> yeah. If you get the a currents. pollute, do it in a scientific way that's helpful.
1: Yeah, and then take them away. Go pick <laughs> up your rubber ducks. Pick
0: up your rubber ducks. <laughs> yeah, leave
1: nothing behind. Um, so it looks like, you know we can come back even in 10 years and have a completely different understanding of the oceans than we do now yes. just because so little is yes. known about them. So and we little. didn't even touch that much into the actual life that exists within the ocean. No. And because there's so many mysteries around the ocean. And I mean, we've touched on a few already. Things like... Um, uh, we talked about brine pools and we talked about um, what the ocean floor looks like and the other whole bunch of phenomena, including what kind of life exists underneath the seafloor, mm. like the kind of microbes and that kind of thing. Cause that's even below the very depth of the ocean. You know, I think they did some diving in the off the coast of Japan where they went down. Um, it wasn't actually that deep. It was only like something like two, something like 2.5 kilometers or whatever it was. Mm. And um uh, found a whole bunch of microbes that it lif- that exist beneath the seafloor.
0: Mm. So it's going to be crazy the type of stuff that we uncover when it we start is. understanding
1: more about our oceans.
0: Yeah, it's going to be very exciting. Yeah. Keep your ears tuned for newses of mi- newses? <laughs> 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 news of megalodons. People yeah. love the idea that that prehistoric shark can still be down there somewhere. Yeah. We definitely will be.
1: So, yeah, I'm really (laughs) glad that we did Oceans. This has been great. And also, like, thinking of something, because I remember, like, roasting in the beginning about doing something quite wide and not specific, but I think it was really interesting to think of it as just one big kind of being Mm. as opposed to all the individual components of Mm. the ocean. Yeah. Like, such as the creatures and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, it was good. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah. And uh, we'll catch you next time. If you want to get... In contact with us, we do have an email address uh, that is ykepodcast at fishhook. That's F I S H H double O K dot co dot N Z. So that's ykepodcast at fishhook dot co dot N Z. And we demand you only say nice things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and this was not sponsored by Squarespace. <laughs> <No>. All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye.